What's up, everyone, and welcome to Raised a Geek, your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, let's talk X-Men, the animated series, childhood collectibles we wish we still had so we could be rich today, and our thoughts on the first Halo series trailer. So sit back and relax, because it's about time we start the show, and by we, I mean Chris and Don. Let's go... And we are back. What is going on, everyone out there in podcast land? Thank you for checking out another episode of Raised a Geek. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Uh, we're doing okay. I'm doing okay. Uh, a little tired. It's been a, been a long week. Got a promotion at my job so some hours of change and adjusting schedules and trying to um not fall asleep on the couch every night by 9 p.m <laughs> while yeah. trying to watch things but besides that man life is good cannot Those complain job, i'm okay new job blues <laughs> promotion blues. yeah you know it's blues and happiness at the same time all in a ball it's just you know adjustments oh, but yeah. that's okay oh, yeah. it's okay it happens you know in a good place uh with the job so that's good so just got to make those adjustments will be good everything will work itself out i guess i just don't have enough time for like my uh normal habits i i'm used to like staying up till 11 and playing video games with you and watching all the shows it's like i'm passing out on the couch at 9 p.m and i don't like it but we'll figure it out yeah you'll get in that that sleep sleep schedule new sleep schedule Mm -hmm. i don't have a sleep schedule so you know could be worse i I think i think one of the one of these nights this last week i was going to bed at like 10 o'clock i was like dude i'm so tired i was i fell asleep on the couch and then like as i'm going to lay my head down i get a a notification on my phone that's like ding and i look and it says your friend chris has just signed on to playstation i was like damn it i want to i want to be playing playstation but i have to go to bed uh i probably should have been going to bed too yeah 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 or it might have even been like 11 30 or something and you were like just logging on it was hilarious to me it made me laugh before i passed out yeah you're just like damn it and it's always hard to go to bed that way when you're like they're playing without me yeah 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 i could be having fun and i gotta go to bed and be responsible because i have to work in the morning hashtag adulting yeah that's that's (laughs) adulting having a job yeah man Um, how are you though how are you i want to ask i'm tired because i have a thing where i just like to wake up at four o'clock every day no matter what time i go to bed Mm -hmm. and then i can't get back to sleep so it's just i just kind of lay there and then i get up and watch some tv i'm trying to learn how to embrace it but makes me sleepy. so a little tired of a saturday but you know we had our winter this week texas shut down we had our ice storm that everyone thought you know so winter's over it's like gonna be 70 degrees this week that was it. Like the, the three days of winter Texas gets every year. Yep. You survived it. You we guys survived it. it. Didn't have a didn't have a grid shut down this time. The no, entire no. Texas grid like last year. God, that was ridiculous. I was nervous <laughs> for it. I was like, Ugh. you know, I was ready. I was ready for it if it was going to go down again. But luckily, yeah. we were able to keep our heat and our power. And uh, but like nobody worked. Everyone worked from home on Thursday. 
Um, we didn't go anywhere. I was supposed to go to a couple of meetings and they're like, we're doing everything zoom. I'm like, all right, this works for me. I'll zoom it. Music zoom to it. my ears. Yep. Sit here in my pajamas, zooming it up. Beautiful. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad life. And, uh, binging some TV finished, uh, watching money heist the entire series up oh, until now. Okay. So now I have to try to figure out what to watch next. Any suggestions? Ooh, I don't know. I'm watching Ozark right now. I don't know if you're an Ozark guy. That's like I watched the first four episodes and then of the first season. Yes. So I've watched four episodes of Ozark. I enjoyed what I saw, but I don't know why I didn't keep watching it. Yeah, it's a good show. And they're like in their last season right now. Mm -hmm. But it's one of these weird things where it's split. So like when you turn on Netflix, it's like this this is the last season. This is seven episodes of the season finale part one. So it's like, well. Really, this is just two seasons then. You're going to do seven, yeah. take a break, and then do seven. I don't know if I like when shows do that. I don't. Because it's like, I, I feel like they just want to get that pop of having like two season finales. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, just do two seasons then, or make one long season. Like, what's the point of splitting it? There I has to be I some algorithm or some reason, some benefit right. for them to do it that way. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're into right now. Um, yeah. I don't know figure it out have to figure it out go from money heist to ozarks it's that doesn't seem like too far of a stretch no you'll be all right doesn't seem like too far of a stretch but don we got tons of stuff to talk about this week we do tons of stuff to talk about and the first thing i want to jump on because it was pretty pretty much the biggest news that came out of last weekend and this week was that we finally got a trailer for the halo tv series premiering in march i think the 23rd or 24th on paramount plus uh, and this is kind of a long gestated show like it seems like this has been a, a show in the works for in developmental hell for years it was supposed to be a peter jackson movie like 15 years ago was it uh, i didn't know that yeah it was supposed to, peter jackson was signed on to direct and it was going to be a movie and then steven spielberg signed on and it was supposed to be a movie and then he turned into a producer and they decided to do it as a tv show and it floated around a bunch of networks and apparently you know with the streaming and all the everyone having an app and everybody plusing their name we're getting paramount plus mm -hmm. has snagged the rights in whatever way that that went down and they are putting this together the show and we got this trailer a couple months before we get the first episode premiere and uh for those that don't know halo is an xbox i mean it was pretty much the game that made the xbox and it's about space marines and this alien race called the covenant that's trying to wipe out humankind and then there's this like planet ring thing that's in the shape of a halo hence the name and they're trying to find an artifact on the halo and this show is some kind of an adaptation of the long series game long running series that just came out with part six this or at the end of last year so a lot of stuff going on in halo but don what do you think of this show um the trailer yeah i mean just for context i'm never been a xbox player but anybody who plays video games just knows what halo is it's like you know, Nintendo's got Mario, Sony's got a ton of things, but, and then you just associate Halo with Microsoft. That's like their game, their flagship game. Yep. Um, so being that being said, I still wanted to watch this trailer knowing what Halo is. It, it's like an action first person shooter, sci-fi space game. So the show looks cool, man. It looks cool. Um, 
so I'm interested even not being a gamer of the game, just knowing the little bits and pieces I do. Uh, it just looks like something that would be entertaining. The biggest problem is going to be uh, getting Paramount Plus if I'm going to do that, because if I, I can count on more than one hand how many streaming services I already have, it's like adding one more. Like, I didn't even know Paramount Plus was really even a thing until that popped up. I was like, oh, Paramount Plus. Uh, God, I guess added to the list of things like the 10 different apps I have to watch things. Uh, but, you know, good for them. I guess that'll probably be their flagship show that kind of maybe brings some more eyes to that people who haven't taken notice of them already but uh yeah man the show looks like good sci-fi action shooting i don't know it could it could be cheesy it could be terrible you know it's always very risky with these um video game adaptations um some of them are crap a lot of them are uh, it's rare to find one that's really actually pretty pretty decent um, but I'm open-minded enough to it, so I'm sure I'll be getting that Paramount Plus at least trial subscription to check it out. We'll see. How about yeah, you? I'm not you sure think? how Paramount Plus drops their shows. If they do it as a, like a binge, drop them all, then yeah, free trial and mm. binge it real quick and get in and out. I'm not too bit shabby with that, but if I got to drop six bucks or whatever it is, we'll see. A month or whatever it is, we'll cross that bridge when we get there we're here to yeah. talk about actually what the show looked like and yeah i thought it looked really good it surprisingly i watched the trailer again today for the third time i think and it just has a lot of a lot of familiar things from the game i thought master chief and the spartans just looked cool uh the creatures look cool i think the i mean the effects i mean they really look like they're dumping some money into it and trying to do it right now once again whether or not the story is anything whether or not it works is a whole other thing, but you know, got to watch it to yeah. find out. So I'm, I'm definitely interested. And in, I think at this point, I'm kind of just surrendered to the fact that I'm going to end up having to subscribe to Paramount plus to watch halo, but I'm excited to see what it is and talk a little bit more. I was just really curious what you thought about it. Cause I know once again, I've played up through halo four, everything before mm -hmm. that, I never played halo five or, and I haven't really dove too far into infinite, which is out now. Um, so, but what I played of them, I mean, I've always enjoyed what they were. So I'm interested in the game. I've read a couple books over the years, so I'm, I'm all in. It's just a matter of getting here and subscribing to Paramount plus. Yeah, you're going to do it. I mean, and, and me not knowing the game still, I don't think affects my excitement level. It just looks like a fun show, even for yeah. maybe anybody to try. Like, it really does you, just a nice sci-fi you know, show. Right. If you're into like sci-fi and, and alien, fighting aliens, stuff like that, why not? Why not give it a shot? I love military sci-fi. That's like my guilty genre pleasure, if that's a thing. Um, Starship I, Troopers, like we tried to sneak yeah. into or get into when we were kids and they wouldn't let us in because it was rated R. Yep. That was, <laughs> all, that was when they decided they were going to card kids back in the day. I remember we tried to go see the Relic and they told yeah. us no. And we had yeah. to go back like the next day with either your mom or my dad. And then we went and did Starship Troopers and we did the exact same thing. They were like, sorry, it's rated R. And we had to have like my dad take us to see it the next day because we're like, what's going on? We've been going to this theater and seeing R-rated movies for years. And all Not of a sudden, anymore, so you dumb little kid. There's boobies in this movie. You can't get in. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what happened. Starship Troopers. Yep. That was the. Uh, that was it. That was it. The Relic, I don't really know why. God, I love that movie, though. That movie scared me. I remember being actually 
quite scared watching the relic and thinking about it when I got home, like, oh, the relic. Why did I do this? I was too young. (laughs) (laughs) They were right. (laughs) (laughs) They were right. Uh, Uh, Well, as we're talking about childhood nostalgia here, we are going to actually talk a little bit about childhood collectibles and the things that we wish we still had that would make us rich today because you know we all have them. So I'm super excited to dive into that and you don't want to miss any future episodes. So make sure you like, subscribe and follow this podcast on all podcasts and social media services. Make sure if you want to join the conversation, you follow us on Twitter at raised a geek, or you can shoot us an email at raised geek at gmail.com. Make sure you uh, let us know where you're writing in from so we can give you a proper shout out on the show. All right childhood collectibles i was standing outside talking with my neighbor the other day and we were talking about things that we knew we had back in the day that were like man i wish i still had that or even thinking about what comic books we're still holding on to that might be worth money and i thought it was a really interesting topic and i wanted to uh pick your brain don a little bit about some things that i'm sure you had that you're probably sitting there going damn it why did i get rid of that why did i throw that away why did i lose that why did I open the packaging? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we all have those things, right? We have to. And um, I don't know. I like this topic too, because this show is called Raised Geek, but we never really talk about uh, that, like break that actually down and talk about, you know, how we were raised geeks because, you know, clearly we named our show that. So it must mean something to us. So we've liked these kind of things our entire lives like nerdy comic book uh video game old we've been we've been utilizing these things our entire lives our whole childhoods and that's like a lot of our friendship is based around our mutual like for those things so i mean these these things are going back to what our being five six-year-old friends uh back in the day having similar interests yeah yeah and i I mean We've known each other since first grade. So that's what, like seven? Six or seven. I Six think, or yeah. seven, some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. And when Oof. I think back, when I was thinking about this topic, I kind of, the story, you know, sometimes obviously from your childhood, these stories come and go and you remember things and then you don't think about them for 20 years. And I was thinking about it and I was remembering when we actually met in first grade. And I remember that I was sitting there and because I don't know how to sit still, which still I can't to this day. I remember the still teacher, can't. Mrs. Draper, walked out of the room and left us said, keep working on your work or whatever she said. And I got up immediately and started walking around the room. And I went to like in the back corner, we had all those like coat rack. And then mm-hmm. we had that shelf above the top where everyone would put their lunchbox. And I walked straight up to this lunchbox and picked it up and said, wow ninja turtles and then here comes don snatching <laughs> out of my hand going give me that that's mine and i while he's putting his lunchbox back i go and sit back down and when the teacher walks in the room don's the only one standing there and he gets in trouble <laughs> like don you gotta go sit back down and he gave me the dirtiest look and uh i'm pretty sure we he- were gonna fight at lunch <laughs> <laughs> uh, we might have hated each other for a minute I probably went home and told my mom, mom, I made a best friend. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it didn't last too long. It was, oh, let's talk about Ninja Turtles and whatever other stupid things we're going to do. So, I mean, our entire friendship, if if it wasn't for (laughs) geek stuff, we wouldn't even be here. And who knows, we would had completely different friends and maybe I would have been a jock. 
<laughs> thanks <laughs> a jock thanks ninja turtles for um formulating our our friendship from in 1980 no yeah ooh, it'd be like, the been like 88 or something wow wow i'm really old we're really old yeah. uh yeah dude but there's tons of stuff from uh from childhood that uh we both loved toys we wish we still had if you think about it now like you could just go down the list of things what what we got like you- well, do you have to start it off? Do you yes. still have anything from your childhood? If I do, I'd have to probably think about it a little harder. Like not in my house. There may still be some things like at my parents' house in Glenwood. If I really wanted to go through things, like uh, I know I had the My Pet Monster. Do you remember that toy I had? The My Pet Monster puppet toy that you you put your hand in uh, with those orange with, chains. Yes, like it had orange purple, chains. Right? yeah dude that thing was amazing like that was a top toy when we were in in, uh our youth my pet Um, monster yeah but here at the house no not really i think i left a lot of that stuff behind i mean there's definitely stuff i wish i still had uh i don't know do you still have any that you have with you i have a tub that has a tub (laughs) i have i have i have a tupperware that still has gi i know i still have like my gi joe's and uh-huh. I know I still have my He-Man. When, yeah. I, when I bought this house and my first time my parents came down to visit, they they, my mom was shit. like, you have a house now. And she pulled every toy that was still <laughs> in her house and dragged it down to Texas and gave me all my He-Man toys, including Castle Grayskull and Snake oh, Mountain, boy. which So I have them all in the closet here. Maybe those are worth money, but they've you been- You know, honestly, honestly, if you wouldn't have ever opened them, they'd probably be worth a bunch of money oh yeah but i mean yeah not open them here's the thing when you see that kind of stuff like unopened on ebay and stuff yeah you're in your mind thinking like as a child you're never thinking that like oh this will be worth something when i'm 40 like as a kid you're like open this damn box and i want to play with it right now (laughs) like we don't give a damn about uh resale value as an adult what kind of little nerdy kid is sitting there thinking i'm not gonna open this ninja turtle because it'll be worth a thousand dollars when i'm 40 uh (laughs) the ones that were thinking like that are in a better place than we are because they probably sold those things for millions of dollars (laughs) i honestly think my sister has a cabbage patch doll from like the olympics in 1998 yeah that were in I think that was the Atlanta Olympics. Mm-hmm. It's still in the box. I know where that thing is. I bet you that thing's worth some money. That probably, is, I know my sister used to get the holiday Barbies every year. Yeah. And yeah. they never, she never opened those. I think those are still all sealed too. So I bet you those could be worth something. But no, I opened all my shit. <laughs> yep. We just had to play with the stuff. Had to play with it. So yeah. I have G.I. Joe's and He-Man still. Um, nice i'd have to look and see if there's anything else and i have just random little things you know like overpower cards i think i still find packs of overpower cards every once in a while which was a one of the first collectible card games after magic that was all superheroes we played a lot of overpower yeah that that game never really hit too hard though like in the mainstream and not like magic and then you know what came after that was pokemon cards which um I know we did get, but we were a little older at that point, but that is something that nowadays, if you have like first edition Pokemon cards, you're rich at this, at this time. And it's like, it makes you think 
if I would have saved some of those, because we probably had them. The no, we did. Ones. We bought them. Yeah. We both went to like EB games at the mall. And I remember us seeing the Pokemon card game and we bought yeah. the first starter deck ever released. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where they are. <laughs> and I feel like I've seen them like lying around. Like it was somewhere within like maybe when I moved like last 10 years. Yeah. And I was looking for them not too long ago and I cannot find them. So I'm like, did I give them to somebody? Like, are right. so, I mean, at some point, if they turn up, I'm going to be like, hell yeah. But yeah, we had original Pokemon, like first run pre-ordered, like, yeah, dude, those are worth so much money and I have no idea where it is. And where'd yours go? I have no idea. No, probably in the garbage somewhere when I was moving <laughs> one of the time. Just like, ah, oh, what's this shit? I don't care about these. Throw you just gave of many people heart garbage. attacks talking about <laughs> that you threw away your first. Like yeah. people just dropped dead listening to us going, what, what, what am I gonna do with this shit? Charmander? I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know. You you probably gave yours to like your nephew, and he's sitting on a gold mine, and you don't even know it, and he was not never gonna tell you. Uh, he probably doesn't even know it because now I because right. my nephew that I thought I might have given him to, he's like twenty two now, so chances oh. are he probably gave him to somebody or doesn't even have them or they're stuck in a closet somewhere. I need to ask him if he uh, if I gave yeah. him Pokemon cards when he was little. For sure. I mean, but then going back from there, I know we had we we were big into the Ninja Turtle toys. Like what kid of the '90s, '80s wasn't um, those original first first edition toys? I'm sure if you look it up now, are are just impossible to find and probably worth a ton on resale market. Um, not that I, I would sold, even sell them. I sold all of mine for fifteen dollars at a garage sale. Yeah, because I wanted fifteen dollars because I was at that age where that seemed like a lot of money. Everyone listening to this show, boo this man, <laughs> boo this man for selling his Ninja Turtles. I did keep, and I think she's still in the box. I do still have the original April O'Neil toy because Ooh. I knew that one was hard to find then. And I couldn't, I didn't want to sell that because I did in the back of my mind think that that could be worth money. So I was like, I'm not going to mm. sell April O'Neil. That one's going to be worth money because it was hard to find, but yeah. it's still been opened and played with and whatever else. So, I mean, I have no idea. It's probably obviously not worth much but maybe something i don't know it's I probably mean, worth more than the 15 dollars i got for all the rest of them oh most definitely you messed, <laughs> you messed up big time oh yeah uh, oh yeah those would, yeah but those original four turtles casey jones the original toy the april the shredder i mean all that's probably and then if you could ever find like a techno techno drone or was it techno drone or techno dome i think it was techno dome yeah i remember kids having that and like going to like kids who had way more toys than me and they'd have the techno dome and be like i'm jealous yep. i can't have that i'm not allowed, it's, uh, <laughs> not allowed. <laughs> i'm not allowed the techno dome but i'm gonna play with yours uh yeah <laughs> those are super fun toys yeah yeah ninja turtle toys were cool i wish i would have held on to some of those right uh and that cartoon was just uh basically a way to sell more toys the cartoon was great but back then like cartoons and toys were just so intertwined with each other it's like let's introduce the rat king all of a sudden there's a rat king toy and let's have baxter the fly i gotta have the baxter the fly toy like it was a money-making machine <laughs> yeah that was you know? the saddest part of watching the toys that made us on uh netflix because mm -hmm. every toy that you watch like oh i love this toy and there and then you talk to the people who created it, and they're like yeah we wanted to sell toys so we made this cartoon and i'm like you guys put no effort into these cartoons you just wanted to sell toys and it worked 
you greedy businessmen. You <laughs> had this uh, genius idea. Yeah. I don't know. What were some others on our list, man? Nostalgia toys. Well, you had, uh, I remember you had the Megazord. Yes. Like the full I wasn't, wasn't going to bring that up because I was ashamed. No. Uh, you were ashamed we were little, of having the Megazord? No, dude. We were. I feel like we were maybe a little too, I was a little too old to still be playing with toys at that point, but I don't care. I liked them still. Um, but yeah, so I did have the Megazord, but here's the story behind that. I did, I asked for the Megazord one year for Christmas. <clears throat> so this is uh, Power Rangers for those who aren't aware. I'm sure most people listening are Power Rangers. They all had a Zord. And when um, they were in the most trouble and a giant monster came that they couldn't fight separately, they combined. It was basically a huge ripoff of um, Voltron. Voltron. Yes. Yeah. When there's but, only two um, minutes left in the episode and it wasn't going to end in time. They exactly they had, they had to form, form the Megazord. But um yeah dude so they had the toy which was super cool and super hard to find uh back then it was like one of those hot christmas toys or hot toys that like kids would ask for and parents could never find and just whatever um but then one year i did get it for christmas when i asked for it amazingly from my amazing you know mom and when i got it it wasn't the one from the cartoon yeah, the one from the cartoon is very colorful. He's the Red Ranger, Blue Ranger, mm-hmm. all of them. So all the Zords are colorful. The one I got was like a special edition uh, black and gold version where the, the color scheme throughout the entire Megazord was black and gold. And I remember being a little jag and being <laughs> upset that that's the one I got. I was like, it's not the one from the cartoon. And like being just whatever a kid yeah. and looking back like i still feel really bad about that and i like apologize to my mom I was like i'm sure this was very hard for you to find and i'm sorry for being a jackass and not being appreciative but uh anyway i still had the megazord <laughs> i looked recently not too long ago like if i would have kept that thing in the box that thing is worth like a couple thousand dollars uh, oh, easily. On the especially the black and gold one the black and gold one which i didn't want yeah um because i was an ass but and you know those yeah. are those things that you apologize for later and then your parents never remember they're like right. i don't oh. remember that i didn't know that yeah i'm sure my mom was just like oh it's okay uh but yeah <laughs> i had that i i was into power rangers toys for a little bit dude they had had some of the stuff like the saba sword white ranger saba sword and um some of the originals yeah that was a that was a fun little toy thing that's just like the ninja turtles toy though like the show existed to sell toys. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, like you said, Power Rangers came kind of at our cusp of turning, getting too old. So it's like we were right there. So it was yeah. it, where it's cool. It was still cool. But then at the same time, we we're just growing out of it very rapidly. Because I remember when we went and saw the first like Power Rangers movie, we were too old to go see that movie. Yeah, there were we're like preteens or just teenagers. Uh, yeah, I think a- we were like 13 or because if that we're was 35, we were like seventh grade, we were too old. Yeah, 13 is the age where uh, still liking toys starts to be like, you're starting to get bullied. Kids are like, why don't you like football? And uh, <laughs> we still like Power Rangers. Yeah. But uh, we're still fighting, fake fighting outside. Yeah, we still would do that now if we felt like it. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, what else did we have? Because I know you were big with the super soakers and the Nerf guns. I was never allowed to have a Nerf gun. So why? My dad said no guns. Even Nerf guns? Even Nerf guns. He got me a Nerf gun when I turned 30 and said, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, now I'm, I'm going to get your Nerf gun, gun. kid. But yeah. I couldn't get fake tattoos and Nerf guns or just gun toys in general were. I get it. We're just a no. You just had to come to my house to play guns. That's all yeah. you did. I mean, we still figured it out. <laughs> I still played guns. I just couldn't. Just never had them. Own them. Couldn't nope. own the gun. Super. I did have a Super Soaker 100. And that was like the second edition after the because the 50 was the big one like the first one that ever came out where it was, yeah. i got the super soaker 50 it was like green yeah uh, yeah like in the summertime it was just like you're a cool kid if you had a super soaker you drive around with that thing strapped to your back to your friend's house like we're gonna have a war my super soaker is bigger yep. uh, i had the 50 and then yeah i had the 100 which was a blue one and it had like the reservoir and the it had like the full water reservoir but then it had like mm. this little ball for like extra pressure or something stupid <laughs> like an expansion oh, no. tank he's got the back. extra pressure run run and then they did the 200 which was the big backpack yeah and you filled that up with water and you would run around and it had like the double barrel and yeah i had the one i did have the one that was double barrel that had like the two two tubes on it the two reservoirs and like the double barrel yeah and i just remember i got that thing when it was new and like the first water gun war in the neighborhood, I came with that thing and they were like, guys, Don means business. <laughs> he's got, he's got the double barrel. Yeah. So, yup. I think I remember being for that fight. <laughs> I remember when I got the 100 for my birthday and my yeah. neighbor, he was like, yeah, let's have a water gun fight. I'm like, sweet. And uh, so I got the, I came out with my super soaker 100. He had two just like little plastic guns he whooped my ass in this water the gun dollar fight. store guns yeah the little dollar store things he had two of those and he just soaked me and i couldn't do anything and it was so embarrassing sounds like you were fighting the john wick of water guns yep pretty much john wick <laughs> yep that was exactly what that's the perfect scenario of how that plays out in my head i'm sure it was not nearly as exciting as that but yeah he just whooped me and i was just like what am i doing with this super soaker 100 i can't I should have, you know, according to the commercials, I should have destroyed him. This is worthless. I got no skills. I got uh, no <laughs> skills at all. But I know you were also huge with the Tiger handhelds. Oh, yeah. I think we both were. We both had our. I nice had I had my fair share. I had I always had like the bowling and <laughs> tennis and yeah. baseball, like the basics. And then like I would the go generics. over to your house and you would have like Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> The one I remember playing the most was Lion King. Oh, yeah. uh, we played. This I had the Lion King, Lion King man. And all it was was just like you press one button to make Simba's paw like hit a jackal, like yeah. okay, or a hyena. Yeah. Uh, but why? Why was it so fun? Jump over the boulder, Scar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Scar's here. Run. But yeah, those Tiger games—they were so simplistic and like just like junky but why we just played them so much i have no idea they were like they were portable addictive. they were portable yeah. we just take them around and kids nowadays got like nintendo switches and shit that they just stick in their backpack and take to school or they're playing stuff on their phone and we we're like no we had tiger we had tiger yeah. on two double a batteries it was like the pre-game boy game boy it was like the first handheld way to play games handheld even though the game was the worst thing it was just like the same repeating image over and over uh but dude in the 90s you just if you had one of those, you were cool. You know what I mean? Paperboy, baseball, Lion King, whatever it was. It was just cool to have a tiger game. I remember kids going to school with backpacks filled with those things. And then you'd be like, pick a game. And we'd all go through the backpack and try to find like 
the best game. Oh yeah, let me try this one, and then we'd swap out. Um, let me let me play yours. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, we weren't passing. We weren't passing around drugs. We were passing around Tiger games out of backpacks <laughs> at, at recess. Uh, it was a simpler time. Yeah. Do you think your R zone would be worth any money? See, people listening don't even know what the hell R zone is. R zone was a Tiger uh, handheld that was made to come out. That was a ripoff of the Nintendo Virtual Boy, which mm-hmm. was kind of supposed to be a virtual reality headset. So, if you remember the Virtual Boy, it like sat on your table and you it had like a big headpiece and you would stick your head into this thing and the screens were in there and everything was like red and red and black. And it was like supposed to be this 3d thing and Nintendo tried to do it and nobody bought it. It was, it was cool, but nobody did. It hurt, gave everyone headaches for the red, but then a tiger was like, Hey, well, we'll do a cheaper one. And instead of the $200 that the virtual boy costs, you could pay $50 and you can get the R zone, which was basically like a headband that you put on that has like this little eyepiece. It's kind of almost like the Google glass was trying for a little bit. It's not too far from some of these like uh, AR technologies that are coming out now, but it had this piece of glass that would come down over your eye and then the screen would be on that. So you could see everything around you, but you would watch the little tiger game on this little thing and it was red and black and you played tiger games and you could swap them out. And Don had one and we played that a lot for no reason. Yeah, that thing was so ridiculous. I'm surprised it didn't give me like brain damage or an aneurysm. <laughs> just like that little piece of glass so close to your face. Like I'm playing a fighting game right here. <laughs> this little LED red, just nothing but red and black LED right in front of your eyeball. It could not be good for children's eyesight. I mean, uh, I yeah, we're all wearing glasses now for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if that thing was in mint condition, I bet you that could fetch a little, little pretty penny just for like nostalgia's sake. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if you want to, if funny. you want to know what, if you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and look up Tiger Game commercials. Those commercials, yeah. if you want to just get pumped up, you're having a down day and you just don't really know what to do. Tiger handheld commercials on YouTube and watch some of those '90s commercials, and you'll be all pumped up and you will die of laughter because they're the most ridiculous. Yeah, you got power. You're nothing. <laughs> ridiculous buzzword of commercials if you do remember those things like we do you're just going down memory lane right now uh wishing you had them like i am currently yeah, so i don't think i have any tiger games hiding around here anywhere no but one of the biggest ones that we got into hard was our x-men toys i oh yeah i remember for whatever reason they were always buy one get one free at toys r us were they I feel like I that's a memory that. I have is that they were always like buy one, get one free. So it was always just going to Toys R Us is trying to stockpile on X-Men figures and who can we find. And I still yeah. only feel like I was ever able to find the losers, but <laughs> the losers, like, I don't think I ever got like a Gambit Wolverine. Mm-hmm. I might, I think I got a Cyclops. I, got, I know I had like Storm and Cyclops. Yeah. Uh, I did have a lot of weird, like offshoot guys. Yeah, like I remember, the one I remember the most that I had was the Beast. I had a Beast, oh, yeah. which was like one of my favorites. Um, <clears throat> and a few different weird guys. Like I think I had a Sauron, like the the pterodactyl villain, just for some reason. Like who I don't know who the fuck Sauron is. I just had, I had the toy. Uh, man, but yeah, we did have a ton of those. The funniest story I have from uh x-men toys and we're gonna talk we're getting ready to talk about the x-men 
animated series soon. Yep. Here in this conversation. But um, I don't know if you remember, but back when that show was running, they'd have these little contests that they would run during the commercial break. It was basically like right in to the show and like send a self-addressed stamped envelope. That was always this thing. Self-addressed stamp envelope yeah. to us. It's like our contest of the month or something. Grand prize Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Trip to trip to Disney world or something. And then like 500 other winners will win a free this and that. Well, like, so, so I wrote in one time and it was like, I don't know. I'm a kid. I want to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like sent in my self-addressed stamped envelope to Fox animation Fox 32 here in Chicago to the X-Men show to try to win the grand prize. Okay. I didn't win the grand prize, but somehow I did win one of the um, sub contests, which was a free X-Men toy to your house mailed to you. Uh, So all of a sudden I just got a package at my house and I'm like, I don't know. 10 year old 11 year old kid and this package comes in the mail and it comes in the house and my mom's like oh you got a package i was like what so i open it up (laughs) i open it up and i still remember it's an x-men toy it's like i got apocalypse it was it was the apocalypse figure in the mail from the show i like won a contest what the hell and (laughs) i have a sister who's two years younger than me so I got a toy in the mail and I remember I was like, yes, I got this toy. And she just started crying and be, and like having a temper tantrum because I got a toy when she didn't, you know, when you're at that age and you have a younger sister too, it's like, you can't get something without your sister getting something at the same time. Cause it's not fair. Right, and right. we would have felt the same way. Like she can't get a toy and I don't get a toy. What kind of bullshit is this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, I still remember that her being very sad that i got a toy in the mail and i was just like rub it in her face like ha ha but yeah that's how i got my apocalypse toy that's awesome it's probably the only way you could get an apocalypse toy <laughs> yeah yeah i don't remember ever seeing an apocalypse toy that's crazy i don't i forgot that was a thing yeah that, that happened you always had True random story. stuff happen when we were kids you got your your letter published in the back of a deadpool comic i, did. I just remember that I that did. made me so jealous for and i never wrote into comics so i don't know why i was jealous but i was like oh don Don's published. He's an author. That's not fair. He got published. Yeah. He's a published author. Back in Deadpool. Put it on your yeah. resume. So yeah, dude, yeah. But those those X-Men toys were great. We loved them. Um oh yeah. They had a ton. Had a yeah, I had a box full of them. I don't know where they ended up. They could be here. They could be nowhere. But yeah, like I said, I I know I didn't have anybody that I imagine was worth anything. You know, I don't think yeah. Silver Samurai is going for a lot of bucks. Eh, maybe realistically if you look at a lot of the things we were into i really feel like x-men was kind of the biggest because we were collecting x-men trading cards Mm -hmm. we were collecting like 96 90 there was like a three-year period where everybody collected x-men cards and there were these hand-painted just like trading cards that just had heroes and on the back it would have things but then they would have like you know just all these sets you know like trading cards that still come out baseball cards and everything else um, we would buy X-Men cards. I remember we'd hold on to our lunch money to go to the comic book store after work or after school. Yeah. To go buy X-Men cards. I mean, it's true. We had multiple series of them. I mean, X-Men was a huge part of our childhood. It was. And it's probably like the the 
most obvious window to our nerddom from that age because just x-men was the thing then it was like the cool comic to like it had the cool team everybody loved wolverine and everything and they were the first one to get like a proper movie it kind of like the all these um like comic book franchises you have now really have x-men to thank for what they are it like started basically the whole thing yeah um yeah just from the cartoon and the com- old jim lee comic books with like chris claremont in the 90s just like x-men was it man so that's really if you if you have to pinpoint where our nerddom started i'd say x-men is mostly responsible for oh, that yeah. dude i remember loving uncanny x-men with joe Matarera doing all that art love oh, yeah. art man i still can pick his art out mm-hmm. when i see it i could just pick it out i just yeah love that dude was, his art is just insane yeah it was it was iconic back then and it, it still looks great now like if you go find an old x-men comic that he drew you're like this is great you just like it has a certain feel to it um because he he like mixed that uh, manga style kind of yeah. and, and brought it over to america and like made it um i don't know just like a hybrid version of manga a little bit yeah and and we just ate that shit up we liked it it was so just so good it was just so original and then yeah uncanny x-men he was running that and that was just the book man that was i remember barely reading comics but i loved that one at the time x-men just was where it was at and it was where we sat on saturday mornings to watch the x-men cartoon um for those that don't know as don just said it was one of the biggest cartoons of the time and along with batman the animated series it pretty much those were the two that really introduced a whole generation to just comic books in general you know they were i mean those are how i got involved in both of those i mean i watched my love for batman comes from the animated series and my love for x-men comes from the animated series (laughs) yeah i would agree with that same Uh, and then spider-man followed right up after that with the spider-man cartoon and that gave me my love for spider-man like those were my or my those were all my openings into those worlds for the most part batman could have been a little i think the animated series was before the first tim burton's right because that tim burton's was 89 so i might have still been a batman because i loved the hell out of that original movie but but that was also like a little older for us too. Like the, the animated series was like made for us, you know what I mean? And it's hard for us at that age to have access to comic books and stuff. So we were just like, Oh, the cartoon is right here on my TV set every Saturday morning. And the Batman animated series comes on every afternoon at four 30. I still remember. Um, <laughs> I do. Yeah. So like, it's right there in front of our eyes. Yeah. That was our window into these, these worlds that we love now. Yeah, absolutely. So this one was actually for X-Men animated series. It aired from October of 92 to September of 97. So they did 76 episodes across five seasons. Um, it is the longest running animated series based on Marvel Comics, followed up by Spider-Man, as we, that we just talked about. And it really just introduced, like like I just said, a generation to the X-Men and what they were. But what, this, what was so different about this was, as we said earlier, there were a lot of cartoons that were made to sell toys. And of course, this one did. But that really wasn't the purpose of the cartoon. Like they were really taking comic book stories that existed and they were telling them just in an animated format and you sometimes even doing retelling or, you know, reimagining of some of these iconic stories that happened in the seventies and eighties with the X-Men. But I mean, the X-Men obviously are tied into all different kinds of just like culture and 
you know, being outsiders. And there's a lot of different um, things that you can tie in our society that mirror in the X-Men of being outcasts. And you can really, especially being like a teenager or a young adult preteen, you can kind of see yourself in these characters and really learn to appreciate the outsiders. And, you know, even watching the first couple episodes, it was all about these, you know, trying to hold these people down, these, these mutants and doing that. And it was just such a heavy topic that they really focused on for this show that you just normally didn't see on, on childhood Saturday morning, Fox cartoons. Yeah. Even for just being, you know, for those who watch X-Men, it's, it's cheesy. It's, it's nineties. It's, it's a kid's cartoon, Yeah. but at the same time, the X-Men is just, I mean, it's always been uh, about heavy subjects like political. It's very, it's like about political things and, and, I basically think of the X-Men as like a mirror for almost like just segregation of people. Yeah. Like race or religion or whatever you want to say, just people being ostracized and like um, the X-Men is kind of just like a, a version of that. Their, their way of telling those stories, you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, And, and so that's always been something I've really, found interesting about the x-men and really always liked and even this cartoon it's a cartoon for kids but they didn't shy away from that no you know i mean this show was very um fine with just telling those stories and even to little kids like well we're fighting for our group of people to not be you know discriminated against camps (laughs) exactly like you know you can you can take whatever you want from it but like that's the story they're telling and it's so it was it was really cool now at this age to think back to that and be like, yeah, man, they, they weren't scared to do that and still make a fun action cartoon for kids at the same time. Um, well, and I think it was a, because of that, like you said, you have this whole generation where we're actually watching something that has a message or has a purpose. That was the one thing that I always enjoyed about the cartoons that we watched growing up. We watched GI Joe. They always tried to tell you not to, they always gave you your like, now you know, and knowing's half the battle. You know, I mean, mm. I still won't take other people's pills unless they're prescribed for me because GI Joe told me not to. <laughs> Good lesson. <laughs> um, like you remember those those like uh, what are they PSAs, public service announcements? Yeah, PSAs. Mm-hmm. And the it, more you know, those yeah, the NBC one, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I remember those things and those were all things that everything that we watched had some kind of lesson or moral or something that we needed to take from it and i Mm. think you know x-men was was trying to teach us about segregation about how these things aren't good and by us growing up and rooting for the x-men who were the outcasts who were the ones trying to be segregated it kind of like put in our mind a little bit hey you know this isn't right so then when we see it mirrored in reality we're like whoa this is like what happened on the (laughs) x-men yeah that bully's treating that kid like you know they're treating jubilee i hate that uh yeah you know, yeah. I mean, and you know that that's there. And it's one of the things that I really appreciated that once again, I don't know if I felt like TV on cartoons, especially kind of lost that over the years. I don't think they're having messages put in cartoons anymore. No, now you, you watch cartoons. It's just like South Park telling poo-poo jokes or whatever. So like the, the uh, it's, it's kind of lost you're right it's the messages might have been lost uh along the way so we're lucky we're lucky that we got a show like x-men and the stuff we grew up with um 
I don't know. We just love, I think that's why we love the show. It, it's a great show. And you know what? One of my best memories with this show is the fact that we used to watch it as a family every Saturday. Like mm-hmm. I'd sit there and watch my normal cartoons and normally it was always just me or me, me and my sister. And, you know, no Saturday morning, 1030 on Fox, my family, we sat down every Saturday and ate breakfast watching the X-Men. And it is still <laughs> yeah. the only cartoon to this day that I've ever been shushed through. My dad was like, shut up. We're yeah. I'm listening because he was into X-Men, that cartoon, you know, because it had such a compelling story and was so interesting in that. Like I said, it was for kids, but I mean, it really was one that could be enjoyed. Even us watching it now here this week again, going back and checking it out a few episodes or a couple arcs uh, so we could talk about today. It still is kind of surprising at how well it holds up from at least a storytelling standpoint. Yeah, I mean, definitely you can tell it's a... 90s cartoon with like some of the delivery and everything but just for the time it was top of the line cartoon man everything looked fantastic and we cannot talk about x-men i gotta just get this out of the way before we get too deep into it yeah um we just had a show our last episode was about peacemaker and we were talking about the intro and how it's non-skippable yeah how iconic is this um, theme song to the X-Men animated series in your brain. Like for me, when I put this on again to rewatch right here for the podcast, I was like, this might be the best opening to a cartoon I've ever seen. 100%. Um, the song is amazing. The title cards for each of the characters, their own, they each get their own little moment in the spotlight. And us as kids were just like, yeah, Cyclops, Wolverine, Beast, all of them. Just like, dude, such a great opening. Like, possibly the greatest cartoon opening ever i don't know it's kind of neck and neck with batman the animated series we're talking about which is also a fantastic uh intro song and opening yeah but between those two we got to be the best of all time right yeah 100 percent. it's just it's okay. a great it's just a great song and it's it's you, you forget about it and then you put mm-hmm. it on and you're like yeah and especially when you really let it slide without hearing it for a handful of years and then all of a yeah, sudden you're just like this is so good and yeah just the it pumps you up pumps you up like nothing and that's what a good theme song should do it should pump you up and have you ready for yeah, as little, what you're about as a little kid off. little kid we're probably jumping around the room like just ready and all pumped and excited and juiced and over you know over sugared or whatever and just ready to go yeah uh, eating eating a, you know captain crunch with crunch berries or whatever it's got my vote for one of the best if not the best cartoon intros ever yeah 100 percent it's okay. it's in the running it's it's whether or not it is top i don't know because there are some good ones out there but it's Ooh, yeah we got ninja turtles too i don't know there's there's a lot of good ones yeah and i still love the uh even though it's a little bit of a different genre i still love the uh, neon genesis opening for that anime is just one of the best theme songs ever you're speaking a foreign language to me. I don't know this one. But those that know are going, <laughs> yeah. I had that song as my ringtone on a phone back when phones used to do ringtones. Do phones still do ringtones? I oh, man, you're old. That's over. I was about to say, they don't do ringtones anymore. My phone got glued into silence, so I, I haven't heard a ring out of my phone in years. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're old. I'm old. What do they, <laughs> no ringtones. Okay, cool. There's uh, no ringtones. Okay. People used to people used to do that back in my day. So <laughs> X-Men, the animated series, we, we decided to watch a couple arcs, which conveniently all kind of went together really well. So we thought that this was a good thing. We didn't want to just watch a season or random. So we did 
We did, of course, the Night of the Sentinels, which were the first two episodes of the show, which kind of introduced us to who the X-Men were. We did it all through the eyes of Jubilee, who was this new mutant. Um, I guess before I go any much further, if it matters, there's probably going to be spoilers. If you're <laughs> if you're worried about a 30-year-old cartoon, we got your back. So yeah, you can be kind of thing's gonna bother if that thing's gonna kind of thing's gonna bother you, go back and watch it. But uh, you've had Plus. 30 years. That's how we watched it. And yeah. if you haven't watched it by now, you're you you've been missing out. So go check out mm-hmm. some X-Men cartoons. But I'm sure whatever we're gonna say isn't going to change your life if we spoil something. But gotta say it because you know, some people they'll hit us up on Twitter again. Spoilers. So we don't want that. But Night of the Sentinels, as I said, was basically an introduction. We had Jubilee, which was this foster child who came down with mutant powers or her mutant powers were discovered by her foster parents. And then they registered her into the mutant database, which then had these giant sentinel robots basically trying to round her up. And then because of that, she runs into the X-Men and we learn about the mutants and we learn about the government trying to round up mutants and register the mutant registration act and all of that stuff. And really that was our introduction into the world of X-Men through this cartoon. Yeah. The first two episodes are just basically like what I just said, an introduction to the show, to the team. Um, Very nineties team, very nineties. The X-Men comics have been around for, you know, decades before this show came around. But this is the team they chose because it was just in the 90s. Nothing says more 90s than Jubilee, the first mutant you ever meet with her red trench coat and pink glasses. And like they're going to the mall, which do malls even still exist? I don't know. There's there's malls in the show a lot. They're always at the damn mall. They're always at the mall. That's the man I saw at the mall. Like, (laughs) Why do you guys keep going to the mall? She had Uh, to get her CD player fixed. I guess. But uh, yeah, dude, super 90s, but had like a a top of the line 90s team like Gambit to me is a 90s X-Men character, just like just because he was cool. Everybody thought Gambit was super cool. He Um, was. And watching this made me go, where, how did we go wrong with Gambit not becoming mainstream? He's not huge anymore. And he just, he, he was just like a 90s, even though they had that, uh. Oh, what's the what's the actor's name? Magic Mike. What's his Channing, name? Channing, 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 Channing Tatum. Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum had his movie was supposed to happen in like developmental hell for years, like a Gambit movie. And we've had Gambit in like one of those. He was X3. in one of the movies. I think he was. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, but yeah, dude, in the 90s, Gambit was it. it like Gambit was almost neck and neck with Wolverine. Oh, yeah. Uh, as far as like cool for kids. But and usually yeah, dude, you had to pick one or the other. You a yeah. Wolverine guy or a Gambit guy? Right. Can I like both? But yeah, nope. this team was this team was full of '90s just X Men, X Cyclops in his '90s outfit, which is iconic. I still love the way the Cyclops look of the '90s, which they've gone away from. But it's like go back to that '90s look. I just want the blue up around almost to the top of his head with his little hair coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Jean Grey, Professor X, Beast. I loved this team. Like this was this is like the team. Um, 
Yeah, dude. And and these first couple episodes to me was just a nice intro. It's just funny going back and watching them now and just seeing the way everybody kind of gets introduced. Like uh, Jubilee's running from the Sentinels and like Cyclops' beam all of a sudden shoots and she's like, who are you? And he's just like, Cyclops. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, okay. We got Cyclops. And then they're in the danger room and like Gambit's running around and all of a sudden the wall busts down and he's like, ah, there you are, Wolverine. And he's just sitting there with this claws out like everybody had to get their intro like i'm storm uh just <laughs> she it was just, like she was from shakespeare yeah wind come down like thunder but uh which then made me laugh because i was remembering the only line from her in that movie what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning the same oh, thing God. that happens to everything else and you're just like wah, wah. <laughs> sad trombone yeah nice try nice try nice try yeah, but I, I don't know. These first two episodes were cool, man. Sentinels are a classic Was this, adversary. They were around before this, right? Yes, they weren't just invented by... They've always kind of been like the, the creation of man to kind of hunt mutants. And they're just these big bulking robots. And, and so this, these first two episodes is just basically them versus how, the x-men how crazy is that idea of just being like well we need to catch these mutants so we're going to create these giant giant robots that stand three stories tall and they're going to destroy everything trying to get these things and they're like just well, ripping like they'd be like we're going to go to this house and get jubilee let's just rip open the roof to grab her oh she's not there it's pillows in her bed whoops yeah. like <laughs> that's the thing is that they're out to get mutants and they're made by man to like protect humanity because this whole thing is humanity versus mutants. Yeah. But in the meantime, they're smashing through malls and like putting people <laughs> in danger. Like you're really doing a good job of protecting humanity by by nearly killing everybody you come into contact with. Yeah. Couldn't you found a little bit more of a covert way to grab these uh these mutants and not the like the most obvious just the sentinels are here to per- for your protection as they stomp on your house. <laughs> right rip your roof off uh and every time they go to the mall like you think the x-men wouldn't be allowed in malls because every time they go they're just like we gotta go and storm would just break through the window and just like every time she would go through the window every time they were in that mall and they needed to escape she would blow up the window and fly out the, and i'm like never use a door storm right you'd think mall security would stop them no not you guys again every time you're in here this shit breaks I don't care that you're in your your civilian clothes. I still know it's you. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and yeah. and we got to talk about Dolly Parton Rogue. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Dolly Parton Rogue. Like Rogue is supposed to be a like a Southern yeah. Belle. That's her thing. But they really went far with her. Like uh, just the hi, honey, and like her little lines, like and with uh, like everything she says is another kind of like riddle. You look as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. (laughs) Yeah, when she when she said that, I was like, all right, I'm done with you, Rogue. You're no. Uh, they really went far with that, but you love Rogue. She's fun, but that they they really pushed the limits. Yeah, I was always mad that they never they went that different way with Rogue in the movie. That they kind of gave Rogue the Jubilee role. Yeah. With, and you didn't uh, get to see Anna like Paglin. big, yeah, you never got to see like big tough flying around Rogue in the movies. Yeah, that would have been cool. Super that strength been... Rogue and mm-hmm. a little bit more to it than what we're, what we, a whole generation who didn't watch this cartoon thinks of Rogue as Anna Paquin. Right, right, right. And that's just not, 
it's not the that's rogue. not our rogue. Not that's not our rogue. rogue. We grew up with. Yeah. I don't know. I like the. I like these two episodes, man. I thought it was a fun introduction. Just them beating up some sentinels. They had some fun action at the end, uh, like just uh, ripping them apart. And then they killed Morph. We didn't even. We didn't even talk about Morph. We didn't yet, talk about though. Morph because he was barely around. He seemed really annoying, and he always. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, it was how he laughed, and he was like a tele telemorpher, is what I was gonna say, but that's not right. But he was a shapeshifter. Yeah, it's kind of like Mystique, like a shapeshifter. And they introduced him a little bit, and they sent him out on the team, and then he got blown up. Yeah, that was heavy for kids. Like no morph, even though he was just made up for this show. Yeah, but that really, it really bothered Wolverine in this show too. Like he, he was very that started like his whole hatred of Cyclops when he punched him in the stomach because he he thought that uh, it was Cyclops' fault for getting morph killed. Next but time I'm gonna use the blades. <laughs> yeah, like dude, you just threatened to kill him. Like you're a psychopath. Yeah. But uh, there was some point in the show where I laughed out loud when like. Uh, wolverine was about to like put his claws into a sentinel and he was just so upset about morph and all of a sudden he was just like this is for you morph <laughs> it just <laughs> it cracked me up just hearing him say it like that like he was so broken up over morph uh this is for you. i know they did like resurrect morph <laughs> in like season two and later on he came back but it was very heavy hitting for us as children to lose a member of the x-men yeah, and we're just learning who they are, and you're like, oh, Morph, he can teleport, or Jesus, he can trans, I, man, he can shapeshift, is the word I'm going <laughs> yeah. for there. You're, you're trying. I'm trying, I'm trying real hard. Uh, <laughs> it's getting dark, so it's, uh, my body's winding down, my mind is winding down, but it was, that was a big deal, and it was crazy, even rewatching it now, just like, man, that's crazy that they just were like, we're going to kill this character in the first episode. R.I.P. Morph. Yeah, R.I.P. Morph. Um, so then we watched the days of future past and time fugitives arcs, which really kind of went hand in hand. Cause they were all about kind of the time travel uh, days of future past is one of the most, one of the more iconic X-Men stories ever written. And they did a movie version of it after first class. I couldn't think of what year it was, but it was when they kind of merged the two Fox X-Men teams. They had the Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen versions and the James McAvoy and guy, what's his name? Fassbender. Fassbender, Michael Fassbender versions. And they merged the casts. And basically it was a whole movie that was done to get rid of X-Men three, undo mm -hmm. everything that happened in X-Men three, like Brett Ratner, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we're talking about the cartoon. And this yeah. was basically, it was a setup where we had, we were in the year, we jumped to the year 2055 and we had Bishop and Wolverine, who was kind of a lot older. And at that point, mutants were around up into camps and they were being hunted and executed and all of the X-Men were dead. And it was this whole big, just tragedy. And of course, what happens in sci-fi when there's a tragedy in the future, you go back to the past and figure out where it jumps. So they, they deduced in the future that, in the 90s, there was an assassination of the 90s, which they didn't even give you a year, like of what year they were going back to. They just were like, the assassination of the 90s is what started all of it. And they sent Bishop back to the 90s to find out who, well, I mean, he already at the point knew who did this assassination and he was going back to stop them. But of course, there was an issue when he 
jumped back in time and he got amnesia. So he couldn't remember who did this assassination and they wanted to stop it so they can change the future. And that was what the days of the future past two parter was about Bishop trying to stop Senator Kelly from being assassinated. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. We, we this was a this was also a fun thing of heavy themes for a kid. Time travel, yeah. hard to sometimes at certain times. Even now, in my nearly forty year old brain, watching this one, I'm just like, wait, what? What time period are they in? They're talking about going back to stop this, and he's got to do this, and these people won't exist if this happens. It's like I, I'm trying to imagine myself as a ten uh, year old trying to grasp these themes, and like <laughs> that probably was very hard for me to understand. I just wanted to see shooting and Wolverine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is based on uh, a comic storyline that I think was only like two issues. The comic heavily featured Kitty Pride, yeah. Shadow Cat, and so she wasn't in the show. So they kind of had to take some liberties, uh, made it more about Bishop and and because he was like another cool 90s guy with his long hair and yeah, his bandana. And it's just funny to me every time he showed up in these shows. Did you notice like the the like real world? the railroad whistle sound every time he was on screen like oh, yeah. it's not like you're watching an episode of roseanne or something like <laughs> like here comes bishop like wh why is that why is that sound associated with him uh, he was just like space-time cowboy uh but yeah it was it was really cool this this little storyline i liked seeing bishop featured and and um He's a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, yeah, I enjoyed it. Just that idea of them going back and trying to undo something. Granted, it's one of those things that it's it's a it's an overused story. Yeah. You know, now of like, we're going to go back in time and we're going to do this. It's always one of those things that's weird. Like when you have Bishop who wasn't tied in and really technically wasn't around. I don't know, you know, because I'm assuming he's not supposed to be super old. So he technically like all of this happened during his childhood or he was born into this future. So then he's like, we got to go back to the past and change it. Well, what if that that's obviously going to change the future, which means you might not be here. Right. That's, that's always the trap you can fall into with any time travel story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. By you going back, you can be affecting more than what you think you are and just make it even worse. Or that's why time travel is always very tricky. And what's crazy is when we jump to Time Fugitives, which this one jumped to the year 3055. So we're mm -hmm. way in the future now. And because of the things that happened that Bishop did in Days of Future Past, this like time tornado was whipping through the year 3055 where Cable is there, another mutant who's fighting Apocalypse, which is this just giant, giant mutant, which they made a movie about, which is still the only X-Men movie I haven't seen. But like they had this time tornado that was basically sucking up everything in that future saying, Hey, somebody changed something in the past. And because this assassination didn't happen, it changes everything. So that entire future was just getting destroyed all at mm -hmm. one time. I was like, that's crazy that they went that far with it. 
Yeah, this the, these the time fugitive episodes are just basically a continue direct continuation of yep. this, and it's combining another time travel story into that time travel story into the present day. It's almost like they're pulling a Back to the Future too, where like Marty's seeing himself see Marty. You yep. know what I mean? Or like watching your future self watch something else happen, and I gotta go back again to change this. Yeah, because uh, they did those. Each one of those two uh, two parts was the same episode. Yeah, they just were going through because like Cable went back in the first episode to try to stop this virus that was wiping out all the mutants and made mutants extinct, which was the basic plot line that he was trying to stop. And then so he went back and was trying to stop Bishop from because, yeah, Bishop was there, too. I'm I'm losing track. See how easy this is to lose track? (laughs) Bishop was going back because when he went back after he stopped the assassination, he didn't like the future that he got to. So Bishop Mm -hmm. was like, well, something else went wrong. And Forge was there, some dude who they never really introduced outside of being, I'm Forge. Yeah. He was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is always my future. And Bishop's like, well, it's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I think there was He's like, well, let me go back. Let's do it again. I'm like, what did you expect? What did you think you were going to come back to? I think there was some point where Bishop was talking to Forge. And he was like, I got to go back and warn the X-Men. And Forge was like, X-Men? What's the X Men? The bishop's like, you gotta get me back there again. <laughs> just like, yeah. immediately has to go back. So yeah, Cable uh, yeah. was like looking from the year thirty fifty five at Bishop in twenty fifty five, going back to the nineties, and Cable's like, I gotta stop Bishop because now it's a virus that changes the future and not the assassination because that was already fixed in Days of Future Past. So that's yeah. how the story went. So if you're it's confused, very imagine us at ten years old. Yeah, it's very complex uh, for our brains even now. Uh, but hey, man, this this had Cable in it. We oh. got some Cable, which has always been a cool top uh, X-Men character. Um, so it was fun to see him. And Apocalypse as the villain is cool. Apocalypse is a n- nice, strong villain for the X-Men. So it was a fun story, man. The, t- the time travel stuff, I'm sure we didn't grasp it enough back then. I'm sure we just liked the loud noises and fights and the one-liners and everything um but but i I had a lot of fun it was my favorite things they did though yeah like i loved when bishop showed up and they were jumping through time and cable showed up and they were jumping through time and i didn't understand what was going on but they were the funnest episodes for me because they were always i always liked that back to the future thing of just kind of like like i said with time fugitives it was like the first episode was them figuring out who started the virus and what happened and then the second episode was them going back again but with that information and being like groundhog's day in front of everything going ah i know it's you apocalypse (laughs) right you can't fool me and apocalypse like how did you know (laughs) and i'm sure that i'm sure the animators back then were happy in the studio because they saved some money by just being able to reuse the same scenes they used from a season before (laughs) i was watching that too going that's the exact same scene that's the exact same scene okay yeah, so a little, little corner cutting, a little money saving right there. Never yeah. a bad thing. They were all about that back then with these cartoons as well. So I'm sure the reason why most cartoons only their head moves back and forth and the bodies never move while they're talking. Yeah, yeah man, it's the 90s. Hey, they still do that in cartoons today. So yeah, that's why most cartoons, that, that's why like most men always have collars in cartoons like ties or collars and women always have necklaces on because then you don't have to animate a neck moving. You can just make the head bop back and forth. So that's why like Homer has a collar and Marge has the pearls. And so if you look at most cartoons, they always have something around their neck 
to make it easy to animate so they don't have to animate the bodies and they can just do the head. So ah, a little, little insider information there from your boy, Chris, random, random. <laughs> <laughs> so they did announce X-Men 97 for Disney plus coming in the year 2023, which is a revival of this direct show because this show ended in 1997 and we are picking up following the fact that they did the comics and X-Men, they did X-Men 92 in the comics, which was kind of a continuation or a prequel to this series. And now we're getting X-Men 97. So how pumped are you for that? Especially now watching these things again. Yeah, man. I think we talked about this a little bit when we did our episode a while back when they had all these uh, Disney Plus announcements. Yeah, And I'm, I'm sure we said then that we're super excited for that. Uh, even more so now just picking up on the on this animated series the little bit we just did here with these six episodes uh i think it's going to be great i i've been waiting for the x-men to be reintroduced into the mcu i know this is like a animated thing and it'll probably be separate it should be it's be its own thing but just to see a new x-men property like the being run by marvel studios is exciting to me yeah. um and and it just being a continuation of this cartoon is just kind of like the cherry on top. Uh, I'm sure I think there's episodes at the end of this original 90 series that I didn't ever even watch. Like the last season, I I'd be hard pressed to remember anything about them. I may have seen them, but I couldn't tell you anything about season five or six. Like I started finishing. I was finished by then. I'm sure. So, I mean, this could be the spark to make me go back and watch all those. Cause I'm really excited to see the character designs we've seen so far look really cool, like similar, but also modernized. Have they dropped new ones. There there's been a couple promo shots of them, like what the characters are going to look like. Uh, and, and, and when you see them, it'll will remind you of that show, like the character models, but just like new freshened up for, you know, a new generation. Uh, so yeah, dude, I'm personally very excited for that show. How about you? Oh yeah, they absolutely. I'm super pumped for it. And looking it up now, it looks like they're getting a lot of the original voice actors too mm -hmm. to do the voices for this. Yeah. Who played rogue on X-Men. So yeah, they're getting a lot of the same people to come back. I mean, that's just cool. If you're going to do a nostalgia thing, doing it a cartoon like this that's just awesome i'm super excited to see the uh where, where they go and i agree with you i feel like i'm gonna end up needing to watch all of these now over the next year be a new year's resolution or a goal for 2022 is to finally watch all the x-men cartoons on disney plus there you go i'm with so, you we can do it together yeah i'm super excited about it and if anything jumps out that you feel like we need to talk about the x-men animated series again before the revival next year We'll make sure to do it. And if there's anything that you want to hear about the X-Men, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at RaisedAGeek or shoot us an email at RaisedAGeek at gmail.com. Join that conversation. We always appreciate the feedback we get from you all on the interwebs. World Wide Web, baby. It brings us all together in good ways. <laughs> 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 sometimes not all the time i know that's what i was thinking as i was going to say it i'm like well it's not really always good but sometimes very bad ways let's be positive don okay i'll try but i think that's gonna do it for us this week so for us at raised a geek i'm chris and i'm don and thank you for checking out the show where geek is all we speak